Hello, and welcome to Expect More of Law, the podcast. I'm Professor Tanya Lehman, Dean of Law at Flinders University, and I'm delighted to be hosting this podcast celebrating law at Flinders University. In this podcast series, I'll be presenting inspirational interviews with current students and graduates who share their experiences about where their law studies have taken them across the spectrum of legal professions and industries. We'll take a deep dive into the current challenges faced by legal practitioners and present industry insights into the future of law. I hope these fearless voices inform and inspire you just as they have me. Hello everybody, my name's Tanya Lehman, I'm the Dean of Law here at Flinders. And this afternoon I have the privilege of sitting down with Flinders Law graduate, the Honourable Andrea Michaels, MP, member for Enfield, to ask her about her journey as a legal professional. So Andrea, can I ask you to give us your full role at the present time? Yes, right at, at the moment, I am the Minister for the Arts, Minister for Small and Family Business, and the Minister for Consumer and Business Affairs. It's very exciting. <laughs> Indeed, that's a huge portfolio. And before that, you've uh, been a legal practitioner. So I'm gonna take you right back to the beginning. Yep and ask you, what made you decide to study law? Actually, I was five years old and rebelling against my mother who decided that I was gonna be a doctor. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I spent my entire youth just telling her I was going to be a lawyer because mm -hmm. somehow that was rebellious to me. Mm -hmm. uh, by the time I was in year 12, I was, I was always a maths nerd mm -hmm. and I'd always become, was pretty analytical. Um, but I'd always had that passion for the law. I finished year 12, got into law and commerce, thinking that that was, you know, a really analytical, problem-solving kind of path to go down. Mm -hmm. For a short while, I was going to be a human rights lawyer and save the world. Mm -hmm. um, but very quickly worked out that tax law was my baby. Ah, okay. And I uh, went down that path. <laughs> That's a very different and unexpected, perhaps, area that opened up for you. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I was trying to keep with the numbers and the analytical and the problem solving and the complex was always my, you know, the harder things were, the better they were for me. Ah. I don't know why. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Um, and just thinking back on your time studying here at Flinders, memories that you have or highlights, things that really stood out to you? Uh, I was the nerd that, you know, hung out in the library. <laughs> but uh, we had such a good group of friends. Um, and the teachers and the support, um, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to, you know, get the high distinctions. To achieve. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I loved it. I loved my time here. Mm. I was just walking back into the building and realising some things are the same and some things some are very things different. Are different. <laughs> so after you graduated, what was next for you? Can you just give us a brief um, overview of your career journey that's taken you to where you are now as a Member of Parliament. Yeah, so I had decided at uni I was going to go into tax. So I actually started whilst I was at uni at KPMG. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'd won a KPMG mm -hmm. Commerce Prize and they took me in their tax area while I was still at uni. Mm -hmm. And then got clerkships through the university at Fisher Jefferies as it mm -hmm. then was, now Gaydens. Uh, and went into tax there. Did a short stint at the ATO in the graduate program while I was doing GDLP because mm -hmm. at that time Flinders mm -hmm. didn't have mm -hmm. the law practice part of it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then went into firms. I did an in-house stint at a mining company as a senior tax advisor for a few years. Uh, 
spent a long time at Cow Clark and then at Finlayson's. And by the time I'd gone to Finlayson's, I was probably had I'd been a partner for sort of five or six years by that stage and realised I really wanted to start my own thing. So mm. I started NDA Law in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and that until about seven weeks ago. <laughs> yes, and, and I'll, I'll get you to talk through um, your decision really to, to enter politics. But what I'm hearing from that career journey is um, moving through some different areas of the law in different contexts, in a law firm, in-house, yeah. and then as a business owner yourself. Yeah. Um, was that a big decision for you to set up your own firm? It was huge. I was a single mum with two kids at the time had actually just broken up with my husband about a year or so before that. So financially it was a huge risk, but at the same time, it was something that always was always in me to go into business. My, my dad was a carpenter and our family business was in our backyard in a workshop. So I'd always grown around up around that environment. So it was really just a path I wanted to take where I'll, I'll be honest, I'd seen the big firms and thought things could be done differently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really wanted to set up a firm where the clients were the most important thing and I really wanted to take ego away from the equation and the silos I had seen in the big firms. I just wanted to get rid of all that and start up a, a firm that was very different from that perspective. Mm. And so thinking about your time before you, you got to, to your own business, um, highlights there of your practice? I did amazing things. When I was at Normandy Mining, I was responsible for, I was three years out from law and responsible for about 160 overseas companies because wow. <laughs> from their tax compliance and all that. So um, I did a lot of things very early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, made partner, well, I had my first child and made partner a couple of years after that and I was still pretty young. Um, I had fantastic clients, helped a lot of people, um, moved into areas like estate planning as well, which was a bit of psychology uh, Mm. (laughs) with the technical side of Mm. the tax and the trust work that I was doing. So Mm. I did a lot of family business work and succession planning work, which is, is, you know, actually really fun to do. And often those are quite complex uh, webs, aren't they, of relationships (laughs) and business affairs. And so bringing that critical analysis and problem solving capacity yeah. and also your your like for the numbers yep. as well, yeah. um, really bringing that together was, was useful in that context? Yeah, it was very much IQ, EQ combined together. Mm. And when you say EQ, you mean emotional uh, intelligence yeah. there? Yeah. yeah. And tell us why that was so important for you in that legal context. Um, to me, it felt like I was helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, you can understand their problems, you can understand their worries, they're nervous coming in. They might be business people who, you know, are quite well off and seen as very successful. But when they start talking about those sorts of issues, they've become quite vulnerable. Mm. And Mm. so it is a combination of helping them technically, but also being open to those conversations so that they can trust you enough. I think that was probably one of the keys feeling like you're the trusted advisor mm. was really positive experience. Mm. And so thinking about your time uh, as a business owner for your own firm, so not only there are you required to use all of your legal skills, but how did you find 
those skills helped you as a business owner? Um, I did find that lawyers and partners and firms aren't necessarily good business people. Oh. Um, you don't get really taught it at university. Mm. You don't, and it is a whole different skill set. It's a whole different skill set. And just, yes, I, I cause had the numbers and I had the commerce background, but I also had in my own mind a way of running a business. Mm -hmm. um, and I think NDA allowed me to do that my way. Um, I think when you're around groups of people who don't necessarily have the business skills, um, how to manage people, we know, you know, some of the firms don't have the best cultures. Some do, but some don't. And I think that's, a, yeah, an area where I could go and do my own thing and start my own business and make those things a priority, mm. the clients and the staff and actually running it as a business. Mm. And I know that you were also uh, involved in the Law Society and the executive there. Tell us yeah. a little bit about your roles there. Um, I made it all the way up to treasurer before I <laughs> went to become the member for Enfield. <laughs> I started off on a committee, the commercial law committee, uh, then took over chairing that and um, actually really enjoyed just giving back to the profession as much as I could. So I joined council, went on executive, all the way up to treasurer. It's good to be able to give back to the profession and have that kind of overview mm. when you're a practitioner and you don't actually see how the rest of the pieces of the puzzle of the profession work. Um, it's really quite fascinating to get to learn all the future stuff. So thinking about how people might get involved with broader organisations in the leg profession, is that something that you recommend people Absolutely. to do? Absolutely. Mm. It helps you build good skills, good networking skills. Mm -hmm. um, Leadership experience Leadership, as well. yeah. It, it's, and it opens your eyes beyond, you know, sitting at your desk worrying about your particular practice area, your clients. It gives you a much bigger picture for what's happening out in the profession. And we can be there for each other. Mm, mm. And governance experience, which is critical yeah. um, too in organisations, not just in law firms. Mm. And lawyers have something really to contribute. Yep. Mm. Yeah, getting on a not-for-profit board. I encourage my junior lawyers to to do that from very early on. I did it myself. I was on a number of government boards and not-for-profit boards and other private companies to mm. get that governance experience because it makes you a better lawyer when you can understand some of those issues. Mm. Thinking of studying more? Expect more. More focus on your future. More support. More skills. And more professional placements. So then you took a, a detour. Yeah. Um, what sparked your interest, your passion, your commitment to get involved in politics? Hmm. Uh, it wasn't anything that I was on my agenda at all. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of didn't come from that political world. I started getting more interested. I, you know, when you go to uni, there's a group of kids at uni that want to save the world, so they're interested in politics. I was interested but not involved in student politics at all. Kind of petered off having kids and then I started caring more about what was going on around me. I started caring more about issues like, you know, refugees. My family came here as Cypriot refugees mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. some of those issues really started making me like, what are we doing as, as a country, as a state on some of those issues? So I got more interested. Uh, 
started going to some Labor Party events, more of their business events for networking. Um, when I started NDA and got to know people and I don't know what happened. Someone <laughs> called me up for a coffee and said, hey, do you want to try this? <laughs> and so you stood as a candidate in Enfield? Yep, in the by-election when mm -hmm. John Rowell had mm -hmm. my seat for me. So Another lawyer? Mm -hmm. Another lawyer, yes, mm -hmm. former Attorney General. So I took on his seat in a by-election. So I've actually only been there for three years. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and so you were uh, a member of the opposition? Yep, mm. three years member of opposition, shadow minister for the last two. And March 19th came along and here we are in government. And so you, now you have a number of portfolios. So that's really um, now some big challenges for you. Mm. Thinking about the skills that you've developed during your legal career, how are you now applying those skills to your role as a government minister? Uh, problem solving mm -hmm. is a huge skill that you need to have. Being able to have a really close attention to detail at the same time as being able to look at the big picture stuff mm. is actually really important because you can get bogged down very quickly with the bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so you really need to know where it is you want to go from a big picture level, mm -hmm. but also have a really close attention to detail because it's your fault if something goes wrong. Mm. Um, if you miss something, mm. you're the one on the front page of the paper. Mm. <laughs> mm. And those are skills that lawyers need to use all the time. Yep. Yep. Um, because when, when a client comes to you with a legal issue, there's a bigger picture and yep. then there's all the fine print. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Um, Thinking about uh, what was expected or unexpected for you in the political career, what what did what have you found that you really didn't expect, and how that might relate to to your experiences as a lawyer? Um, I'm not sure I expected to be so known. Like <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of thought I'm doing my job and that would be. It, yes. um, but it has a huge, it's a huge responsibility and it's mm. a huge privilege. Mm. You you feel that on your shoulders, the privilege mm. of what you're doing. Mm. Um, and for me, it's just the decision really came down to, if I do this, maybe I can help somewhere. Mm. Bigger picture help, more mm. important help. Um, mm. And it came down to that. So in my mind, if I can keep that as my focus, that's... Mm. Mm. keep out of trouble. <laughs> so we spend a lot of time um, when people are studying law, talking about how laws are made and then how laws are interpreted, but particularly with that focus on parliamentary um, lawmaking and looking at statutes and the, role, the increasing role of, of government-made law in all of our lives. What's it like to have uh, a seat at the table or seat on the floor, if you like, when law is made? It's actually pretty cool. Mm. <laughs> you know, you're sitting there and you realise what happens at law school, what you're taught is actually is the things you're making. Mm. Um, you know, I was a tax lawyer and my favourite day of the year is budget day. Oh. And so <laughs> sitting on the floor, the first state budget that was handed out when I was there, was like the best day in the world. Mm. <laughs> Maybe not too many people yeah, would okay. share that, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I'm you a know, special person. It's okay. <laughs> lots of lot, you know that really brings it alive to you. Yeah, in terms of, of it's what, real. Yeah. yeah. And have you? Do you think got a, a, a 
different understanding now of how law can impact the community and individuals in your role as a parliamentarian? Yeah, hugely. Um, you know, from industry, how it impacts business, um, consumer and business affairs, my mm. portfolio is mm. so broad in the mm. legislation that it covers everything from birth, deaths and marriages to you know, tradie licences and I have the tattoo Act and all sorts yes, of things. Yes. Um, so that actually has a really broad impact across the community, incorporated associations, you know, and being able to guide that um, in a way, you know, for not-for-profits who don't understand the rules around mm. what they can and can't mm. be doing from a governance perspective. Yes, yes. And I think having that legal background helps um, understand what those issues are that are faced in the real world mm. um, and being able to actually guide how we do things and hopefully make it better. Mm. So, of course, I'm fully aware that the political life cycle is just until the next election, but what's on the horizon for you? This, being a government minister, is, mm -hmm. you know, to me, new mm -hmm. a few weeks in. So, personally, I just want to focus on that for the next four years. Mm -hmm. I want to know that there's a life after this though. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think you can get sucked up in the world of politics. Um, so I know at the end of this, I've still got a legal career. If that's where I want to go back mm. to. Um, and I think that's important to know there's some perspectives that you don't get sucked up in that world. And the legal career being a great foundation for all sorts of yeah. different opportunities as your career journey has shown. Yeah. So now just reflecting on what has been a really, you know, a varied career, something that was a huge challenge, but you felt like you'd overcome it. I still hate public speaking. <laughs> well, as a government now, minister, you're going to have I to do, do that. all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, the expectation that you're not real, that, you know, there's, there is an expectation on what people see politicians as. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just want to take that challenge and just stay be yourself, just be who I am, and if people mm. like it, they like it. If they don't, well, mm. that's okay. <laughs> and now thinking back over your career since you graduated, a real highlight, something that stands out to you that that made all your study and all your effort really worthwhile. My first year in Parliament, I got to go on a a conference over in Greece in the Greek Parliament. Mm -hmm. uh, with Greek ministers coming to speak to us. And that was like, oh, okay, I'm now in the centre of democracy. Yes. Because of my job, because of my background, this is yes. where I've ended up. And that's pretty special. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not many people would have <laughs> Not that many highlight. Get that. <laughs> uh, and I want to take you back to where it all began now. You had the opportunity to give one piece of advice to the Andrea who was about to launch into her legal career, her law studies and then her future career, what would that advice be? I think I was pretty lucky. I found what I loved in terms of a career, in terms of the practice area. So for anyone listening, I guess it's find what you love and do it and you do it well. Do what you're good at. Like the public speaking thing, I hated it. I was awful at it. So I avoided it for a long time. At the same time, there was a lot of pressure to be doing presentations and that sort of thing, you know, as a mm. young lawyer. Mm. Play to your strengths. It's okay to play to your strengths. Mm. And things all work out. <laughs> Thank you so much. At the end of a very busy week, 
and in a very, very busy life for making the time so generously to come and talk to me and talk to all of those who are watching this. And we wish you all the very best. Thank you very much, the Honourable Andrea Michaels, MP member for Enfield. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Expect More of Law, the podcast. If you've been inspired, influenced, informed or entertained, please subscribe to the podcast series. To find out more about Flinders Law, please visit flinders.edu.au slash law.